Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast hosted by me, Tony Liebert. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert and Instagram and TikTok at Tony underscore Liebert. That is Tony L-I-E-B-E-R-T. For this week's episode, for today's episode, we will be recapping the Gophers' impressive 12-10 to 10 Impressive in quotes there, but uh, 12 to 10 victory over Iowa. The first win in Kinnick Stadium since 1999. PJ Fleck gets his first win over the Hawkeyes, and we'll be breaking it down what it means for Coach Fleck and the Gophers. All right, so just right off the bat, some reactions to the game. It, it kind of went how I, everyone thought it was going to. It's going to come down to a handful of plays. Um, it was not pretty football. It was disgusting football. It set the sport of football back 100 years, but um, it, it went how everyone thought it was going to. Um, it, it was a gross game, but the Gophers came out on top, and that's really all that matters. So um, their defense played very well. Iowa's offense looked horrible. There's really no surprises there, but um, – it kind of went exactly how everyone thought it was. Uh, there was a few special teams plays, a few turnovers. Uh, we all know the play that the game was ultimately decided on uh, with the invalid fair <laughs> the invalid fair catch signal. Excuse me. Um, I I think just to touch on that a little bit, the biggest my biggest takeaway from that. Everyone's complaining. They're like, oh, he didn't make a fair catch. That's not what the rule was. He chewed away his team, essentially, saying, stay away, stay away, stay away. And they all moved, and all the Gophers players moved. And you're not supposed to be able to do that and then get the ball. So that, that's what the play was. And Big Ten obviously said they made the right call, blah, blah, blah. I don't think anyone wanted it to happen that way, but we all know. Heated rivalry game ends like that. No one wants it to end like that. It is funny that it ends like that. Um, and seeing all the Iowa fans react certainly is quite entertaining, but just got to move on. Um, Clearly a bad, bad play, a tough play, but Iowa had a chance to win the game after that, and they didn't. So um, just got to move on. Uh, but I guess as for the game, the offense did not look good at all. Darius Taylor didn't – he got banged up. Zach Evans got banged up. It was a lot of Sean Tyler in the second half. Um, And uh, Ethan had a couple throws that uh, he needed to make, and he did make. But it was a lot of kind of what we've seen the whole year. There, were, there was a little bit there, a little bit here, but um, still a lot of questions. But, again, I was against one of the best defenses in the country, so – I think going into the game, it was important to have the expectations to not expect much from the offense and to not take away a whole lot. And I think it's important to not take away a whole lot in this game. Um, Chris Bell played the most he played all season. He played 30 snaps, which was great to see. Great to see him touch Floyd. Um, 
for the last time that he'll play Iowa in his career. Uh, Greg Johnson, 37 snaps, true freshman on offense. Those, I think, were the two most notable snap counts and really maybe just performance overall on offense. Um, it was kind of what we expected. If you had high expectations going in the game, you were clearly going to be upset, but my expectations really couldn't have been any lower for the offense going into this game. So um, I, I'm not really leaving with much of a reaction other than the same issues persist that did before this game. Yeah. Uh, the same successes do. They have a talented running back room, a talented quarterback that's struggling right now, talented pass catchers that are being underutilized. Brevin Spanford, who's in a really weird position right now, and a mediocre offensive line. But they'll all true this game. So as for the defense, though, um, the defense played terrific. Oh, I, th I think everyone realized that. Everyone probably realized they were going to look really good heading into a game like this. Um, Jalen Logan Redding had, uh, I believe, his highest PFF grade of the season. He was on the, uh, yeah, 88.6. That's only his second game over 70. The highest graded game by 15 points, but a very good game for him. Played 30 snaps. Um, he was uh, very good in run defense. He, had, um, he it was just overall solid game from him. Tyler Newbin was Tyler Newbin. That guy should be first-team All-American. Um, proved it again today. Or on Saturday, excuse me. He was a Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. He had the second highest PFF grade of 82. He had a sack. He had a pass breakup. He was very good in coverage. Um, just all around very good game. Gophers were obviously without Cody Lindenberg for another game. Um, but Devin Williams stepped up. He had that turnover. Um, Maverick Baranowski continues to play pretty well. Clearly not the elite level play that the Gophers would want from the position, but it has been more than enough. Amen. Two guys that expected to not play in those roles before the season have done very well in those roles. So they continue to show up. Justin Wally had a really good game. Devin Eastern had one of his best games of the season. I believe it was his highest graded game of the season as well. Yes, it was. Um, his second game above 70. He's at 75.1. He played 38 snaps. Very solid game. Jack Henderson continues to be good. Um, Anthony Smith played 29 snaps. Uh, kind of the same snap count. Really nothing else too notable that there has been all year. But um, solid all-around game from the defense. Again, this is an interesting game because I, I don't think you can really take a whole lot from the personnel on either side of the ball. After a game like this, except Dragon Kessich might be an NFL kicker. That dude's got ice in his veins. Um, and a few people are talking about it. the Gophers special teams just needs need needs a lot of work. Dragon Kessich might be one of the best Gophers kickers in a while, but and he should play in the NFL and he should be viewed as such, viewed as one of the best Gophers kickers, but the Gophers special teams, man, they just make some boneheaded decisions. I'm not, not going to speak on anyone's job. Um, obviously, Coach Wagner gets a lot of uh, flack from the hardcore fans that know his name. When you know the special teams coach name, that's probably not a good thing. 
Um, but it just has to be better. There's no reason why he can't be better. Um, but he's been given a lot of chances. So um, if the problem pers- persists, you got to look at yourself in the mirror sometimes. But again, never going to speak on anyone's job. But Dragon Kasich, player of the game, player of the week, rightfully so, Big Ten special teams player of the week. Knocked down those kicks, big moments. He had that one into the wind, but still ice in his veins. Game like this, you need those kicks. You need them in those moments. Tremendous job. So I watched a game like this. I kind of went in knowing I wasn't going to take away a lot from this team this year. But I took a lot from P.J. Fleck because those are the games that the Gophers have lost consistently in his tenure. And there's no reason why they shouldn't have won this game. Spoke about it last week. The Gophers, Iowa was without their top two pass catchers. They were without their highly touted transfer quarterback. Their offense is horrendous. This is your chance to get them in Kinnick Stadium. And again, the margin between these teams are so slim, but You just got to find a way to win because you were going to have chances to win this game. And like we said last week, if you listen to my my podcast here, there there were going to be moments in this game that the the Gophers had a chance that it was going to flip on these plays. It was a couple of those kicks. It was a couple of the turnovers. It was obviously the last play of the game. But Gophers have just never had the chips fall in their favor in these moments. And it was just time for P.J. Fleck to get his team pointed in the right direction. That's just all it comes down to. And he did. And now, what does that mean for him? What does a game mean for him? All the credit goes to P.J. Fleck, in my opinion. Games like this, it really is coaching because it's just, you can't make mistakes in games like this. That's all, it's discipline. The margins are so small, and it's not going to be because your wide receiver one isn't good game like this. Or it's really not even going to be that your your quarterback play wasn't good. Both of these quarterbacks clearly are not at the top of the Big Ten right now. We've had enough discussion about that. But it was going to be: is your team disciplined? Are they going to show up? All these things, and they did. So. P.J. Fleck deserves a lot of credit, in my opinion. And it means a lot for this season, and it means a lot for him as a coach, because obviously now they have Floyd and the Axe, which is absolutely massive. Something that has not happened in my lifetime, and it's not happened in anyone's lifetime born after 1993, which is crazy, which really tells you the state that this program was in. Um, Iowa and Wisconsin, two programs that never really should be ions above Minnesota. These games should be competitive every year because they don't have the insane amount of resources to just lap them. It's not like we're getting compared to the Ohio States and the Michigans and the Georgias. Those programs have insane recruiting budgets, have insane facilities, all the stuff. They have, uh, they're selling the legacy of the program that. Places like Minnesota and Iowa and Wisconsin can't. And so these games always should should be close. And th- this having the Axe and Floyd 
should should have happened multiple times since 1993. But it's it's this time. And I talked about so much about the Northwestern game and what that meant and all that stuff. And um, I mean, when you look now, my my vibe on Peach Fleck and my vibe on the season changes so much on this game. You listen to me talk preseason. It's Wisconsin and Iowa. I'm I'm like any Gophers fan. If you beat them, you beat them, and then you build around the season. Essentially, those those are the two games you circle. Um, as a 22 year old, I almost started growing to hate Iowa more because I've never seen the Gophers beat them, and I have much more disdain for Wisconsin basketball, and really probably overall, but. Um, it's just, it was a, it's a weird feeling when you don't beat a team in eight, nine years and you don't beat them in their home field since 99, all that stuff. And you did it. And I think that just means a lot. It helped me forget about the Northwestern game. Obviously now the big 10 West is it's, it's open. The Gophers are a game out of first place. They control their own destiny. They went out They're in the big 10 championship. Obviously, that Ohio State game will be tough, and you got to let the chips fall where they may. But Wisconsin still plays Ohio State too, and um, so there's still a lot to be played for here. The last year of the Big Ten West, it's just shaping up to be an absolute mess, and I I love it. But this was this was the game you beat Wisconsin and Iowa. Everything else is gonna it's everything else would fall into place. That, that's just how this works. Two teams that obviously have ruled the Big Ten West since its inception, and if you get past them, your your questions will be answered. You got Floyd, you got the axe. It it just seems like there's so much you can be like. Peter Fleck can lay his head down at night. The uh, tweet that Andy Greeter had that he slept with uh, Floyd and the axe was very funny, but he can lay his head down at night and he he can lean lean on it. Because uh, the most Gophers fans, if you do that, they're gonna like you. And PJ does that. I I like him. I, I've always liked him, and but it just goes a long, long way. It just was massive. It, I person that was his second most important win of his uh, tenure with the Gophers. The first Wisconsin game in 2018 was ob- obviously massive, and that was his first huge win. Um, but Wisconsin wasn't ranked in that game, and uh, that obviously broke the streak. You did it in Wisconsin; that was massive. All that stuff, and it it led to the Penn State win, and the Penn State win still number one because that that was a program changing win, put you on the map nationally. All this stuff, and, but I, this game is number two for me. It might be a little recency bias, but to do it in that. Timing that you did it when you suffered maybe your worst road loss as coach of the Gophers uh, earlier in the year, and then you get your best road win, your first road ranked win, and you're by your tenure as the Gophers. That's another thing. DJ Fleck is now four and fourteen versus ranked teams. What Saturday was his first win ranked on it on the road. Another just massive one. So. All that, all that in between. I, I think this was the second biggest win in uh, his tenure with the Gophers. Um, it certainly wasn't the prettiest, and you could argue they didn't even deserve it. But they won. 
a year from now. Win a age like fine wine. You can show recruits that you have the pig. You can show recruits that you have the axe. You can do all this stuff. And that, that goes a long way in the Midwest. You've seen it with Wisconsin and Iowa. They've recruited better than the Gophers the last two decades. The last the, the tables have turned. And I think this is massive for PJ Fleck, massive for the Gophers, all this stuff. I'm kind of just a broken record at this point. But again, this this is a not a program defining one because his program has already been defined. His program has already been changed. This was a essentially a program saving win, in my opinion. I, I think his seat was safe for years to come, but uh, not, not to poke fun at the row the boat stuff, but a lot of people were saying there was a hole in the boat. And this matched that up like instantly. Just need two wins for a bowl game now. It just just solved all your answers, all your questions. Said said that last week, and it, it's just a big win, a massive win. I, I keep repeating myself, obviously, but this completely opens the season. This was a fork in the road, I think, for PJ Fleck as a head coach. Really, is it was. Have you met your met your ceiling? Well, all these questions were being raised. You lose to Northwestern. You barely beat Louisiana. You get blown out by Michigan. The bye week comes. What are you going to do? Everyone was questioning PJ Fleck. Who who's he going to be? What, is this it? Or are they just going to go eight and four, nine and three every year and uh, and lose to Iowa and beat Wisconsin every now and then? Is is this it? Well, it's not it. You beat Iowa. This opens the door. You can play in the Big Ten Championship for uh, the final year of the Big Ten West, which would just be massive for this program. But again, you don't want to look forward. You got Michigan State. You got Illinois, both at home. You got Purdue on the road. You got Wisconsin at home. You got Ohio State on the road. Three of those games, they're going to be favored in automatically. So, they're expected to go seven and five. And that's what everyone was talking about preseason. But again, you never want to get too ahead of yourself. The Illinois, Illinois is still a very tough team. Uh, that would be another monkey getting off your back, beating Brett Bielema. But um, man, just talking about this game, the win, it's just massive to win that game for how gross it was. It just completely breaks the ceiling for this year, for this season. And it just opens the door for so many more possibilities. It brings back so much more interest to this season, all this stuff. It, it was just huge. They needed it. They needed it. You got to move on now. Celebrate. They went to the Vikings game Monday night, all this stuff. Big move on. Michigan State, Illinois. Well, if you win all these games, that game becomes even bigger. So you just got to build on it, and it gave them something to build on. They didn't have anything to build on this season, and that's good coaching. That's using your bye week. He just like did what needed to be done, and now we just got to move on. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap up this week's ep- or today's episode there. I appreciate you all for listening. I will be back on um, Thursday. Friday morning with a preview for the Michigan State game, a game that nobody should overlook. What 
Um, as always, I appreciate for listening. Row the boat, Sky Yuma, and go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.